episode 40 of the Shock Jock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques here with you, back with another week of Knicks and NBA news during this surreal time in the world and the world of sports at the moment. I uh, hope you're all doing as well as you can be uh, during this tough time, uh, during the self-isolation and the quarantine that's been going on around not only the United States, but around the rest of the world as well. And it seems like the United States and really New York and the tri-state area has kind of become the epicenter for the coronavirus. So I know a lot of those kind of people from this area are listening. So I'm hoping that you are all doing as well as you can be and that you're with your families and friends, if you can be, during this difficult time. On a bit of a lighter note, it's been another uh, kind of weird week um, in sports. Uh I, I haven't had time to really dial into it, to be honest with you. I've been locked into uh, some work and then locked into, believe it or not, uh, binge-watching a lot of different things and also uh, video games, things that I've not been doing for a long time. Uh, I've been dialed in on Netflix. Uh, a lot of people who, who I've been interacting with on Twitter have been throwing around different shows. Tiger King, which I already binge-watched, has been... The talk of the town on Twitter. I've also been watching Peaky Blinders, um, Sunderland Till I Die, which is a great documentary on Sunderland Football Club in England. And also, I'm going to get started on Ozark soon as well. So no spoilers uh, out there. Just a couple of suggestions for you guys. If you have nothing to do uh, during this difficult time, uh, I've also been uh, people been asking one or two people been asking about video games. Uh, I'm a big FIFA guy. I've been f- playing a lot of FIFA when I can, but also uh, Fortnite, which I just kind of got into just because of their, uh, just because I've been looking for a new game to play. And also Warzone's been very popular. Call of Duty, Warzone specifically. By the way, uh, not a pro tip because I'm, be- I'm always behind on this stuff, but Warzone and Fortnite are both free to download on all devices. So if you're up for doing that and you're looking for a new game, uh, you're probably ahead of me, but those are two things to look out for there. As far as the Knicks news, I'm kind of breaking the show down again like I do into two halves, but we're going to do Knicks news first, and then we'll get into general NBA news. Some of it's very interesting this week, actually, around the NBA specifically. I thought about doing like a, a you know, uh, what's going on, or, or, you know, today in sports history, a better way to put it, that kind of a thing. But every site, like, actually had some, like, downers. I was like, like, come on. Like, none of it was interesting. It was all just, like, down, like somebody died. Or I was like, oh, my God. Like, give me a break. Give us all a break here. So the day of, day of recording, and I won't uh, go nuts over that. But it's just like, you know, I'm just looking for something for the show to share with you guys. And I'm like, you know, five out of these ten things that happened today in sports are all, like, negative things. So I'm like, I'm not sharing that. So... Just crazy, but interesting stuff with the Knicks first. We'll get to the NBA news later on in the show. Um, first thing that I wanted to address, uh, that I, I, again, the days are coming together, so I, I'm pretty sure this happened between the shows, but obviously James Dolan um, being diagnosed, uh, you know, testing positive for the coronavirus, according to the Knicks PR department. Uh, apparently he is fine. Um, he has, uh, very little symptoms, if any, and he's still running the New York Knicks. Um, listen, I just want to address this first, because I've, I've actually been very, um, 
feel like disappointed kind of is too light of a word, but I've been honestly shocked with the way, uh, not, you know, not the whole thing because Twitter is just a cesspool of just ignorance, but some Nick fans out there who either I've, some, some I've interacted with, um, but also, you know, just the, the ones you expect, the idiot Nick fans on Twitter, uh, that, that, every, that every fan base has in every sport, every, every fan base has these idiots on Twitter. Knicks fans are no different. There is a small part of the Knicks fan base that because they talk so much, many people think represent the entire fan base and it's not the case. These are just idiots that talk the loudest. So people listen to them and on Twitter specifically and making fun of James Dolan immediately. You know, some going as far as, you know, wishing him, uh, you know, death. Um, that is stepping a mile over the line. It is absolutely inexcusable to tweet something about, uh, something like that about anybody. Anybody, good or bad. It's the phrase, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, kind of a thing. And listen, Knicks fans have a right to not like James Dolan the person, but this is too far, and for anybody that is doing that, that is listening to this show right now, you should be ashamed of yourself, what is the matter with you, with what's going on right now, number one, this should not even be on your radar, you should not even be worrying about this, you should be worrying about your own your own health and people around you, and number two, you're a scumbag, there's no other way around that, it's ridiculous, Keep your comment. If you don't have anything nice to say during this period about somebody's health, keep it to yourself. It's ridiculous. I don't care that it's James Dolan. You don't wish that on anybody. It's ridiculous. And to the Knicks fans out there that have done that, I mean, this is why this is why people want stuff to happen to make Twitter lock down a little bit more. I mean, this is why there are talks going on right now to make Twitter more regulated so you don't have these idiots out there doing this day in and day out. It doesn't matter what the story is. There are people out there doing this. Cyberbullying, it's been taken to a whole nother level. And, and, and again, for those that are, for those that are, you know, the excuse out there that it's James Dolan, I mean, what is the matter with you? It's incredible. So I wanted to get that off, off my chest first. I'm pretty sure... 90% of the people that listen to this show are with me, maybe even 95%. But to that small group of Knicks fans that aren't, you're not Knicks fans. You can hate James Dolan all you want, but that, I mean, my God, just just inexcusable, and that's putting it lightly. As far as the, the other, the, the, the more Knicks Knicks news, you know, the stuff that really um, surrounds the operations of the team, for some reason, again, this is tough to gauge, right? Because we're in a time right now where there's not a lot of news going on in the NBA. The NFL for a while was really picking up the mantle for news, for sports fans to consume with Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees. Nobody knew where any of them were going to go. And now there's rumors that Aaron Rodgers wants to spend the rest of his career in Green Bay. But now there's there, everyone's dissecting that. Does he really mean that? What's it, you know? Does he need to have the guys around him? 
I, you know, other sports have resorted to that as well. You know, the big talk in European soccer, it's similar. You know, will Harry Kane spend the rest of his time at Tottenham or, you know, does he need the right situation or, is, or if, and he, and if he doesn't get that right situation, he's going to leave. Like, that's what everyone's been saying about Aaron Rodgers as well. So these are tough to gauge because there's a report out there that the Knicks are interested in Elton Brand, the 76ers GM. To come and run the operations in New York. And this is a tough one to gauge. Because. You know. I, I, I have a couple different. You know. Things that I've looked through here. And listen. Leon Rose is in there. As the new Knicks president. And. There's rumors that the 76ers might fire. Elton Brandt. And Paul Hubrick from NBC Sports Philly says a team source on Wednesday confirmed Brand is under contract beyond this season and said the organization is very happy with his work since being GM in 2018. The source cited Brand's leadership and strong working relationships with players, agents, and executives around the league. So it's... But then the other part of it is... The Sixers have extremely underachieved, and many people think that that's because of the moves that Elton Brand made during the offseason. So, regardless of what's left on his contract, Elton Brand's on the hot seat, and apparently, in New York, Brand the, the, the talk is that if Brand does get fired, the most likely destination is to work with Leon Rose with the Knicks. I, I don't know if that's the right move. I don't know if any of this even, like, is how legit some parts of this even are. But when you look at the history, it's kind of like, well, that vote of confidence, you know, doesn't always go well. Like the team will back their guy to try to save face publicly. But while they save face publicly, they're looking in a different direction. So I can, I can see it on both sides. Should the Knicks be interested? the, The recent sample size with Elton Brand is not great. It's, it's not exactly fantastic. Um, you could argue that he just made a an Eastern Conference contender mediocre within one offseason. That's that's not great. <laughs> that's, he's, this, this guy is supposed to come in and rebuild a very, very, very poor franchise at the moment. I, I don't know if that's really what the Knicks should be looking at. I, I, I don't know that. Um, and the Knicks rumors, again, you know, Elton Brand is a big major candidate, or or some say a candidate, some say the candidate. Um, the Daily News reported that Rose is eyeing Elton Brand, um, but the report also says that it's not going to be easy. Uh, the New York Daily News' uh, quote is, according to a league source, Elton Brand has been targeted by Rose. Brand, 41 years old. By the way, he's 41. That was one of the more, I was like, huh? Shows you how quickly Brand has turned his playing career into something good off the court, which is great for him. But also shows you that he's got a long way to go, which is a good thing. But also, you can kind of question his experience a little bit as well. Um, Brand is under contract next season. So that's going to be complicated to deal with. And then the source also said that Rose wanted to see if Brand was dismissed after the playoffs. So part of this is, it's not, 
one could lead to the other. But this, but what I don't like about that is it's in the 76ers court. The ball is in their court here. They have to make a decision and the Knicks, you know, then will say, all right, we'll react to that decision. I don't love that as, <laughs> as, as a top priority here. And again, by all accounts, and again, you can, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but Philadelphia Inquirer, NBC Sports Philly, the Sixers are happy with Elton Brand. So I, I don't know what that means. It could mean that they are more likely that maybe they are actually thinking about getting rid of him. But again, you know, people will look back at the trades for Jim, the trade trading, you know, getting Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris and Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson III and then landing Al Horford. But then he had to blow up part of that team to get Al Horford and they still haven't been in an Eastern Conference final. So it's, and now that, you know, now this team is at the moment, I think fifth or sixth in the East, fifth, tied for fifth in the East right now. So again, if the season ended today, they'd be on the road first round of the playoffs. And we've talked about how that's, how would, how that would likely end with this year's team. And then of course, if that were to happen, first round exit or slightly better again the you know eastern conference finals or the nba finals is kind of the only way that some jobs are saved here in philly whenever the season gets back up and running and we'll touch it on that later on in the show but it's one of those things where you know it's nice that brand you know i mentioned he's 41 years old he retired in 2016 was the gm for the g league Delaware 87ers a year later and then very quickly gets moved up to the job with the Sixers and you could argue you know at times it's been a little bit too much for him I don't think that's a guy that the Knicks should be looking at I I know relationships with this drive a lot of this but that's a lot of inexperience to be on a radar for you know a, a rather a lot of yeah did I say inexperience a lot of inexperience to be on Leon Rose's radar. I don't love that right away for him. So this is a bit of a shot in the dark, but again, we're really just talking about this because there's nothing to talk about. So it's take that with a grain of salt as well. It's, it's, it's difficult. It's so difficult. Um, This could be nothing, but knowing the Knicks over the last couple of years, you know, this could end up being something. I mean, there's no, question about that and again we don't know when it's going to happen but remember the nba draft is coming up whenever it is you know again we could be months and months and months away from it but at some point leon rose has got to conduct himself in an nba draft right i mean we would you guys have been clamoring for draft content on this podcast for weeks and months i mean everyone wants to know what the knicks should do and you know, there's some rumors coming out about what other teams might do, and I'll get to that in the second half of the show. But Leon Rose, I mean, it's a huge mystery, right? It's a huge mystery what Leon Rose is going to do here. Not only with what the with the organization, but his first, you know, big, big step here will be whenever this draft is going to take place right now, unless it gets moved back, which it very well could be. Um, GM Scott Perry will be handling the NBA draft. So I, 
right now, because again, a lot of the talk is stemming around, well, Leon Rose is in, how many changes is he going to make? Scott Perry could be somebody that's not around in the next, who knows, months, year, it, 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 it could be that quick, it, or who knows, you know, maybe if Scott Perry has a really strong draft and the, and the guys get, the prospects get off to a good start and the team's playing well, maybe this is how he, you know, goes about it. He sticks with Scott Perry, but there's reports out there, obviously, that, like I've just outlined, you factor in that, you know, clearly Leon Rose is looking around and seeing what could happen if this ha- if this were to happen, if that were to happen. What's interesting for him? What he would like, personally. He's, he's got the the reins. So, Leon with Leon Rose, it's going to be really interesting for the draft. And Scott Perry, you know, what are they going to be looking for? Where are they going to be in the draft? And again... We, we're not going to know that until we get the final word on how this regular season ends. And for, you know, for the Knicks, right now I think they're 6th in the first round, 25th roughly at the end of the first round, and then in the second round they're around, around the early 30s. So you got three solid spots for picks. Obviously you'd like to be a little bit higher for that first pick, that top uh, 10 pick. You'd like to be a little bit higher than that. You'd love to squeeze your way into that top four where you've got your options of maybe a couple of the best players you're looking at in this draft and we'll get again we'll we'll give you some we'll give you some look at that we'll we'll run through that in a second but this is a huge first step for Leon Rose and this could be you know Scott Perry's last chance to the organization to say you know this is this is what I can bring to the table this is what I'm looking for and the other part of that is how are they going to mesh, right? Rose and Perry. And again, maybe the, if these reports are, are as accurate as they look to be, maybe Leon Rose is not going to keep Scott Perry around. So that this is difficult because then you look at the draft, you're like, all right, what what's the mindset going into that draft? What are they looking for, right? And you might have a clash of ideologies, you know, we want a guard. No, we want a big guy. Oh, we don't like this guy because of this. Oh, you know what? The mindset can completely change when you've got two guys in there that are not on the same page. So it's, and again, if Scott Perry's expendable, it can hurt you. Like we've seen with other Nick drafts in the past when not everybody, when some people know they're not going to be around or when others know they're not going to be on the same page as the new regime, mistakes can be made. So it's it's going to be difficult. And remember, on top of that, on top of that, Leon Rose and his scouts aren't going to see any of these guys play in any conference tournaments or the NCAA tournament. So now you've got even less film on these guys. And forget about the Combine. Combine is supposed to be in May, and you got these pro days, you know, these are supposed to include, you know, interviews, right? When you go one-on-one with these prospects. Depending on when the draft is, those aren't happening either. So, Leon Rose has been put in a really tough spot, and so is Scott Perry. Because he doesn't know if his, what his future is going to be with the Knicks, first and foremost. And he's not going to get a chance to talk to any of these guys face-to-face. And that's, trust me, more valuable than a phone conversation. It really is. 
You want to see body language. You want to see eye contact. And on the phone, you know, for all you know, you know, an agent is feeding this guy answers. You know, you got him on on the phone or even, you know, even on Skype, you can have guys helping them behind the scenes. So you want, you know, body language and in-person interviews for this process. They matter. And more importantly, in person, seeing them play. Because again, it's different when they're when you're in person than just looking at a couple of mixtapes that Joe Schmo put together for you on YouTube with a nice little track behind it. So it's uh, trust me, these are this is why they still go through this process with NBA prospects. So it, it oh goodness, very difficult, very difficult to deal with for Leon Rose. No questions about it. Real quick before I take a break, because I, I one other little piece of news. Uh, this is according to Mark Berman of the New York Post. Knicks are not expected to pick up Bobby Portis's option for the 2020-2021 season, which will make him an unrestricted free agent. Mark Berman, again of the New York Post, um, says that he'd be very surprised, basically, if the Knicks picked up the $15.7 million option. Uh, the quote from an NBA personnel director to Mark Berman is simply this, quote, at the time of the signing, it was a little high, but they got an option. So to get that, they had to pay the premium. But I can't imagine they can keep him. Well, let's say, let, let's put it this way. When your points and your rebounds average are combined less than the money you're getting paid for the option, uh, pretty safe to say that the Knicks are not picking that up. 10.1 plus 5.1 is 15.2. He's going to be owed 15.7. Yikes. Uh, and listen, Bobby Portis at times has had some great games for the Knicks, uh, even in losing efforts. His first season, clearly not worth what the money on his contract uh, provides for him, what he's owed. He only started five games. Uh, and, and some have argued that he's even taken a step back from the improvements he showed in Wa- in Chicago and Washington the biggest stat that dropped, and this is a great reference actually from Bleacher Report, uh, Bobby Portis's three-point shooting percentage actually went down 4%, almost 4% this year, from 39.3% to 35.8%. And obviously, towards the end of this portion of the season before the coronavirus shut the season down, we weren't seeing a whole lot of Bobby Portis in the starting lineup. You're really just seeing hit or miss games from him off the bench. And remember, there were some times early in the season when Bobby Portis would give you 20 points or maybe a once in a while a 30-burger as well. But but this is not a guy that, you know, this this, this was an easy decision, at least in my opinion. I, I don't think this is a guy you can keep around, especially for the money he's making. This Any organization in their right mind makes this move. Um, would it have been nice to see maybe 15, 16 more games of Bobby Portis? I don't think it would have mattered. I, I, in the end, I think Bobby Portis probably doesn't get the option picked up either way. You never know. You know, guys can go on a nice runs at the end of the season, but I think that would have even made it tougher for the Knicks because of the fact that he's not going to, you know, this, this is, again, 
Bobby Portis is a good NBA player. He's not a great NBA player. And when you need talent in abundance, and I get he's 25 years old, but at some point you got to pull the trigger and make a decision. And I think the Knicks really had no choice, mostly because of the price tag. But on top of that, you look at um, his production and you look at his future and his upside and there's not a ton there. And specifically at his position in the NBA, you know, this is not a guy the Knicks with the money they're paying him can keep around. So uh, it's it's one of those things where the, the Knicks had to make this decision. And I think part of it, you know, part of it kind of stemmed from the, the fact that, you know, when the Knicks brought him in, you know, people were thinking, you know, can this guy really pick up a lot of minutes and give you that scoring? And he did at times, but again, when you're paying him that much money, the numbers have got to be, again, the points and rebounds per game averages cannot be lower than the amount of millions of dollars you're being paid in this option. Enough. Enough's enough, and the Knicks, with that, made the right decision. Easily made the right decision, and there's not much else you can say. Let me take a break here. NBA news from around the league as we move forward through this tough time in sports and the world. Shock Shock Knicks podcast, posting and toasting podcast network back after a quick break. Some interesting NBA news to get to this week on the podcast all over the place, really. We were talking, oh, I got my list here. I'm interested to kind of see where I want to start here because there's there's a couple of pe- there's pieces of news that are kind of all over the place. Let's do draft stuff first. Um, there's a rumor going around um, that the Warriors, if they get the number one pick, and remember they got the best chance, they got the best record, but remember they're not guaranteed the number one pick as we saw with the Knicks last season. The Knicks had the best chance of getting the number one pick by a slim margin. Actually, sorry. The top three get the best chance at the number one pick. Keep forgetting that. They get the best chance, and then it's, there's a bit of a drop-off after that. The Knicks, uh, instead of getting the number one pick, because again, the same percentages, got the number three pick. And, that, and again, that went from Zion at number one to R.J. Barrett at number three. And again, I think that, for the most part, that's worked out. Again, Zion's been Zion, but we've seen a great season out of R.J. Barrett. We would have loved 16 more R.J. Barrett games, uh, but the Knicks are going to have to live with that and make sure that he's ready to go for whenever the Knicks play again, whether it is this season or if the regular season is canceled next season. So here's the deal. The rumors that the Warriors, if they get the number one pick, their their guy is Anthony Edwards, the kid from Georgia. Uh, this is according to the San Francisco Chronicle. This is an interesting one for me because... The Warriors kind of don't need an Anthony Edwards. So I, I don't know if this is if this is bait to somebody to get up there and, and push forward a trade for that pick. I, I don't know. Because remember, they might not even get it. So maybe they just love him. I, I like Anthony Edwards a lot. I really do. He's kind of become, maybe not the consensus number one pick, 
but pretty darn close. A lot of people right now are looking at him as the as the number one pick in the draft. I I can see why he's a stud. If you, if anybody had a chance to watch Georgia this year, you know that the team he played on was terrible, but he was a very good player on that team. Um, but he's a shooting guard, 6'5", 225. This, for the future, this kind of makes sense. But before Golden State's got coming back next year, I don't really see where they're going with Anthony Edwards. For for me, when you're looking at Golden State, front court help in the draft could be really crucial. Now, I, I get that the that Golden State also, you know, wants a lot of guard play depth in a roster that they're expecting to, you know, be a playoff roster with Steph and Clay and. Draymond Green and and everyone and Andrew Wiggins kind of going and clicking it on on all cylinders, but if you pick Anthony Edwards, you got to realize that Anthony Edwards is not going to be playing a whole lot. And now, to be fair, the Golden State Warriors have done rather well developing draft picks, so that's the good news for Anthony Edwards. He could be going to a really good place. But when Obi Toppin's on the board. A kid out of Dayton, 6'9", 220, that can play either wing position and can play some four. Or James Wiseman, who can shoot it, E7-1, 235, and can do anything you want down low. See, that, for me, it would be a lot more appealing than Anthony Edwards. And I love Anthony Edwards. I really do. And honestly, out of the... the three that are picking in the top three right now, I think Anthony Edwards would be dying to go to Golden State. I mean, it's not even close. Golden State, who's going to have everybody back and is is really figuring this whole out thing out without Steph and Clay, and they're making a lot of other good moves. You want to go there, or do you want to go to Cleveland, or do you want to go to Minnesota? Yikes! So if you're Anthony Edwards, oh man, Golden State wants me. Come and get me. I get that, but there is a little doubt as to whether or not it's the right fit. Now, again, when you compare the other options, it's like, all right, do I get to play? In, I get to play in Cleveland. What's going to be a nightmare? Or I get to play in Minnesota, and it's going to be hit or miss as to whether or not we're going to have a decent team. We're probably not going to make the playoffs. So it, it's it's again for the kid and 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 his family. Golden State makes the most sense, but. I, there's something, like, for Golden State specifically, I just think about the team here. Again, Obi Toppin is sitting out there, man. For those that haven't seen Obi Toppin play, I mean, arguably the most exciting player in college basketball last season. And James Wiseman, who left college early, has a ton of upside, arguably more than Anthony Edwards does. So, I mean, this is a very, very tricky decision this year because after that... There's a pretty big drop-off. Not a huge drop-off, because trust me, there's a bigger pitfall after pick 10 than just about anywhere else in the draft. But there's a bit of a drop-off after that third pick. You know, listen, I like LaMelo Ball a lot, but I again look to LaMelo again, LaMelo Ball's in the news this week, but and it's not for what you think, it's just an interesting story. But it's it's for me. First of all, you look at, for, for again, for me, this is for me, and there's a little bit of Knicks bias here. 
Edwards, Toppin, Wiseman, Ball, Anthony. Those are the top five prospects for me in this draft. And then probably a Kungwu out of out of USC. You look at Oturu out of Minnesota. Maybe an Okoro out of Auburn. Vernon Carey out of Duke. Uh, then maybe Nico Mannion. You know, maybe Tyrese Halliburton. And like we're starting the name, like we're dropping off now here. Killian Hayes out of out of France, you know. Okay, R.J. Hampton, who's a who's a huge mystery. Precious Achua out of Memphis, who's a pretty good player. And then again, Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky. Now we're at the end of the first round. We're getting towards the end of the first round here, you know. And then the Knicks have the twenty fifth pick. So. And there's a lot of options there. So it's the top pick with Golden State. They seem dead set on Anthony Edwards if they get that first pick. I, again, I would I'd question that a little bit. I would I I'd look I'd say listen you know even when the Warriors were winning championships you know you had Looney and McGee you know patrolling the paint. Because you didn't need anybody down there. But now you have a chance to draft a big that could be there for 10 years. And kind of usher Stephen Clay out. And then you've got this guy there, a Wiseman or a Toppin, to take you into that next generation of Warriors basketball in that new arena. So that, I mean, that's what I think of, right? That's what I'm, that's why I've got the hesitation. Because... As good as Anthony Edwards is, I, I think for the Warriors specifically, listen, Anthony Edwards would 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 be dying to get out to the Bay Area. But I, I think I think Golden State might want to think twice if they get the number one pick, uh, you know, and and consider you know Wiseman and Toppin as well because you've got the again you've got the guard positions just about filled. You just be adding on to depth. Why not add on to a position that you actually need some help in? And then now we're you know now we're talking right. I mean now. We're talking a complete team, so we'll we'll see. But that's kind of the that's you know that that kind of sprung up to me when I was looking through the news this week, and and also th- this is kind of the big story of the week from a number of different sources. The Philadelphia Inquirer is the article I was reading from it earlier, and, and the the headline is extremely eye catching. June Madness, the NBA looking to find a way to give us a playoff tournament to remember. David Murphy's got the story. Um, this is this is interesting. I, I don't know if it's possible. You see so many leagues now that are trying to figure this out. Um, now, keep in mind, this is a column. But one of the ideas, obviously, has been to scrap the regular season and dive right into an abbreviated playoff format. Could that be... Maybe not a one and done, but a best of three or a best of five through to the finals or less teams in the playoff. Like there's there's a lot of options here. Does this open up the opportunity for the NBA to experiment? Now, this is me talking. Could you get rid of conferences? Probably not. But if, you know, one of the options being thrown out there is... All right, let's play the NBA playoffs, but let's just do it in one city. 
Sports Illustrated has a couple of thoughts and reports that the NBA could hold playoffs in Las Vegas after the suspension is over. And basically, you would go to the NBA's Summer League home. It's it's smaller arenas. And according to Sports Illustrated's Chris Maddox, the entire postseason would go to Vegas. It would be a ton of, you know, all the teams would be quarantined. And 16 teams would battle for the title. And you'd play it out in this one arena. Nobody in, nobody out. You prepared for the, you know, you'd have your doctors quarantined. You'd have different staff quarantined for different needs that could pop up. And you play it out. And also, again, like I said, things could be shortened to best of five series. And there could be single elimination games as well. And according to Mannix and his source, nothing's off the table here. So for me, it's interesting. It really is. It is. To be honest, I I think if you can play the whole thing out, again, the Vegas thing makes sense. I can see where they're coming from with that. I just, I worry about forgetting, forgetting something, right? I worry about, you know, I was, I was reading an article yesterday about a couple of leagues in Europe for soccer that are trying to figure this out, right? And they want to do a similar thing, pick a city or two and you play out the rest of the games. You quarantine the players in, if you're a soccer fan, like World Cup style. You stay in one hotel with all your personnel. You only leave basically as a team to go and play the games and then you go back. And the reason they, you know, at times that the reason that happens with the World Cup is because the fans are so passionate there. If they see the team out and about, bad things can happen from rival fans. So it's. It's difficult because things can pop up. You know, somebody has a toothache. Someone needs um, someone needs to have surgery. Someone gets hurt. I don't know if they can fully... I'm pretty sure they can't fully prepare for that. You know, you'd have to take them to a hospital that likely has people that are battling coronavirus there still. Who knows? So it's it's a difficult thing to map out. They've got time to to, fi- to figure it out. I'll give them that. They got some time here, not a lot of time, but they've got some time to hopefully think of all this stuff if they're going to play it out. But the NBA is, I'm telling you, they're are they're doing everything they can to finish this season because there's so much money on the line from the TV networks, TNT. And ESPN, these deals have to get done. Or a lot of money is going to be left on the table. So it's... This is why you're seeing these reports out there. And listen, it's easy to say that NBA teams, or rather that NBA fans want the game back. Of course we do. But there's a lot of things to consider here. They're really... I mean, there's things that you're not even thinking about right now that I'm not even thinking about right now that have to be considered before a decision is made and the good news is that the nba has got the best commissioner in all sports running this thing so adam silver knows what the priorities are here so that's that's why i'm 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 excited to see what the nba does but i'm also 
confident that they're going to make the right decision because I'm confident in Adam Silver. So we'll see. March Madness started, you know, style of field, June Madness, if you will, where you play single elimination games to the end would be very interesting. I would watch that, but it takes something away from the NBA playoffs. I think anybody that is a longtime NBA fan would agree with me on that. It's a difficult thing to accept that a team will be crowned a champion based on winning one game. That's not a game seven. You know, you know what I mean? You play one, you know, the Lakers lose in the first round of the NBA playoffs to, well, let's see who they would play actually. But imagine like we're in the first round in Vegas. Again, there's not, there's not going to be anybody here. There's not going to be anybody watching the games there. But, you know, the Lakers, who are the one seed right now, you know, they lose to the Grizzlies in a one-off game. It's possible. And now the Lakers are out. You know, that's pretty unfair. The Lakers have a five-and-a-half game lead. I, I think about, you know, the other team I thought about was the Raptors, right? I mean, the Raptors are the, are the kings of losing game ones. They lose to the Nets in a one-off game one. Now they're not, they have no chance to recover. They're out. That'd be great for Brooklyn fans, I guess, but that's kind of not fair. The Raptors should be able to have a chance to respond. It's what the NBA playoffs are all about. It's why we always say, you know, don't get caught up over one game. There's still a long way to go. And then when you win in a best of seven, you've earned it. You know, you have earned it. You are the better team. That's the point. So it's difficult. It's difficult to say, but these are difficult times. There's no question about that. So it's very interesting to see what the NBA is going to do. But I'm excited because if anyone's going to get it right, not to put extra pressure on him, he doesn't need extra pressure, but if anyone's going to get it right, in my opinion, it's Adam Silver. No questions about that. All right, that's the show for this week. Actually, before I go, I almost jumped the gun here. Uh, I had some LaMelo Ball news uh, to, to end the show with. It's nothing crazy, but apparently LaMelo Ball, again, the, the prospect, keep in mind, there's a lot of balls uh, in that family running around, the Ball brothers and, of course, the dad, LaVar. Um, expected to be a top five pick. He is the owner of the Australian basketball team he just played for. This past season, (laughs) LaMelo Ball, according to uh, ESPN, they told ESPN, his manager, Jermaine Jackson and and LaMelo Ball purchased the uh, Ilwara Hawks, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, in the NBL. Jackson said, quote, Ball loved his time with the team so much he decided to buy it outright and would do everything he could to make it a successful program while remaining focused on his NBA career. Um, The full quote from Jackson is basically that he loves the community. They opened their arms for him. He was like home. Um, And then they started hearing about the issues the team was going through. And then they decided, let's, let's, let's do it. Let's own the team. And then I'll go play in the NBA and I'll make money to run the team and basically create a, 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 the best basketball program possible in that community. Oh my God. What world are we living in? 
can when a player can buy his own team uh, that's pretty nuts but again it's australia it's a different league australia again the olympics come around australia has usually got a decent team but the leagues again not as lucrative again there's a huge step down from the nba even to europe and then from europe everywhere else there's a huge step down in the quality and the monetary value of the leagues so but that that was just i just read that earlier today um and all of a sudden the ball family owns a professional basketball team in australia that they're you know that lamello just finished playing for by the way this kid uh, lamello ball obviously not even in the nba yet and forget about that the kid's 18 years old what were you doing at age 18 uh the biggest thing i owned i think when i was 18 years old uh was a school provided ipad or laptop that's about it (laughs) and lamello ball now owns a professional basketball team in australia all right take that with what you will hey so if the it'll be more nick's fodder uh to talk about if he ends up being a nick but for now Uh, That's the end of this week's show. As always, thank you so much for listening. The hundreds and thousands of you that have been listening over the last couple of weeks to both podcasts has been phenomenal. Um, You guys, uh, so appreciative uh, of you guys taking your valuable time to listen to the show. Hope we're keeping you company in some way each week uh, during this tough time. Again, remember, as best you can, though some of you still have to work, but practice social distancing. Um wash your hands for god's sake man um and also uh be careful and be safe we'll see you next week all the best to you and your families and we will see you guys next time on the shock shock next podcast on the posting and toasting podcast network